0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. All right, episode two. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Word Podcast. Today's episode is the story of Simeon. Simeon, who is found in Luke chapter two, verse 25 through 35. Chapter two, 25 through 35. Incidentally, that's That's the only place you'll find Simeon mentioned in the Bible. Last week we talked about Zacchaeus and how interesting that was to me, that someone who's only mentioned for a few sentences or half a page can be so important to the story, so important to lessons and things we learn from reading it. When we go deeper into it, something that seems so small, if you dig deep enough, you'll find all kinds of stuff so I found that interesting and I went through and found a few characters that we may do episodes we may not on but Simeon was someone I wanted to learn more about and so I chose that one and dug deep into old Simeon so before we start we'll get to our opening prayer as we always do it's important to pray Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to read your word. We thank you that your word is so readily accessible to most of us. We pray that we will understand your word. We pray that we will learn from your word. And we will ever be closer to you through your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so episode two. Simeon. All right. Maybe I'll start by reading it because again, I'm not always going to do this, but because it only shows up in one part, like I said, only in Luke 2, 25 through 35, it's not long. I will, um, I'll just read it. So this is for anyone that wants to follow along. I'm reading from my English Standard Version Bible. Anyone that else that wants to grab theirs and follow along? to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword that will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So that's it. There's not a heck of a lot on Simeon. So what do we know from this? We know that What can we get from this this little bit of scripture? We know that Simeon, we can assume, I have a bad habit of saying, well, we know this, we know that. We can trust God's word, but we can also make assumptions on some things from the words that he gives us. We can assume Simeon is old. It was revealed to him that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Lord's anointed one, the Messiah. The promise of not seeing death until something happens suggests to us that he's an elderly man. Um, he's probably been waiting a long time. He's a man who perhaps is very old, very tired, and maybe would welcome a peaceful death after such a long life. We can assume he was ready to pass on. He had, uh, he, uh, we can assume he's okay to die once it happens because as soon as he sees the Christ... That's the first thing he says is, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He's saying, I'm ready to go. But how did this come about? How did he end up uh, seeing the Christ with his eyes before he died? Scripture tells us Simeon was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation here, uh, the Greek word is paraklesis, paraklesis, paraklesis. It's a Greek word which also means comfort or exhort. So Simon was waiting for the comfort of Israel, which the Jews of the time believed would be the Messiah. The Messiah would come and comfort Israel and save Israel really. We need to remember at this time, the Jews were a horribly, horribly oppressed people and waiting Uh, For hundreds of years, for a kingly son of David, a powerful warrior that would show up and wipe out Rome and free all the Jewish people once and for all. That's what they were expecting. We also know from reading this that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit was upon him. And we know he was at the temple. Probably no different than every other day. Uh, He went to the temple to pray. He was righteous, devout. Holy Spirit was upon him. This was all part of Simeon's routine. He was there every day. Old, tired, yes, but he never gave up on God's promise to him. That one day before he died, he would see the Christ. So, We know why Simeon was there, but why was Jesus there? What brought the Messiah to Simeon's temple that day? And for that, we need to look at at Scripture right before we meet Simeon. And so today we read the story of Simeon is 25 to 35 in Luke chapter 2. But if we look at the section right before we meet Simeon, what happened right before that? Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 24. Simeon comes in verse 25, but 22, 23, 24, right before Simeon, tells us something. And I'll read it here because it's short. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So this is the part of Luke where they're telling the story of the birth of Christ, the Christmas story. And part of that Christmas story is Simeon. And Jesus had just very recently been born. According to Jewish law, he would have been considered unclean until he was brought to the temple and did what they had to do to make, him and his mother clean again. So they were coming to the temple just like every other newborn baby would have under Jewish law. Now, it's important too, like the New Testament didn't exist yet. Jesus' teaching hadn't changed the rules yet. So at the time of his birth, it was required for him to be purified. He had to be at the temple to be purified. So Mary and Joseph came into the temple to receive purification from the Lord, that very same temple that Simeon was in every single day because he was so righteous and devout. Luke 2, 28 simply says, upon upon Simeon seeing the baby Jesus brought in, it doesn't say Simeon saw him from the corner of his eye or he talked to the parents and got introduced to the child or anything like that. It just goes straight from Simeon's there, the baby's there, Luke 28 kicks in with, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation a light for revelation, glory to your people, Israel. He knew, Simeon knew instantly, instantly that this little baby, newborn, was the Messiah. All of Simeon's life, we can, we can imagine that he dreamed and hoped and waited for a conquering king, someone to come and free them from their oppression. Certainly not a baby. I don't think it would be much of a reach at all to think that the Jews at that time were waiting for a conquering king, a mighty warrior, a kingly son of David. And and this, this is the Messiah? This is how the Messiah is presented? A young, poor couple coming into the temple with a tiny newborn baby? Mary and Joseph weren't a king and queen. They weren't rich. They weren't anything. A carpenter and his young bride poor with a newborn baby not a military leader and his wife bringing their baby in not a king and queen bringing their baby in a young carpenter and his little wife and a tiny little baby wrapped in inexpensive clothes and yet and yet Simeon knew immediately immediately he knew this this little little helpless baby was the messiah that he'd been waiting his entire life to see and and he wasn't disappointed he wasn't shocked he wasn't doubtful at all really this this is the messiah surely this little tiny baby this but he knew he knew instantly And was overjoyed with it. So much so his words were so full of joy and praise that scripture also tells us that his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Mary and Joseph knew who Jesus was. They knew. They had both been visited by angels. Um, They knew. They knew exactly who Jesus was and, and what he was meant to be. They knew he was God's son. And yet they still... Marveled, says the Bible, at the words Simon spoke. So stop the story there for a second, and it just drives it home how powerful praising Jesus can be. Mary and Joseph knew who Jesus was, and yet they marveled at it. Praising him is powerful. Praising Jesus. Is powerful. It can cause people who hear you to marvel at your words. Isn't that an incredible blessing in its own? Just praising him can affect people. Praise God. Praise God for his word. And that's about it for Simeon. He's gone. We don't know what happens to him after this. He isn't mentioned again. Uh, we do get to follow Jesus to the end of his days on earth and afterward. But we don't know what happened to Simeon. We, uh, we assume he is left in wonder in the temple. Maybe he stayed there for a short time to speak with God. To pray. To worship. To come to terms with knowing now that after finally laying his tired old eyes on the Messiah. That his mortal life is nearly finished. And he awaits God's keeping of his promise. And God keeps his promise. We know that. Hmm. So almost I wish the, the that Luke had found a little bit more information just to find out how did Simeon go home and just go to sleep. Or I don't know. I find stuff like that interesting. I just wish we could know a little bit more. And maybe, hopefully, God willing, someday we will get an answer to that. Maybe we could even find Simeon someday and ask him ourselves if we're blessed enough to meet him. So that's Luke 25 to 35, the story of Simeon. What do we learn from this? We We talked a little bit about the power of praising him. But why include this? That's quite often my first question when I read scripture is, Why is it in there? I know it's important. I know it has to be there. I know God wants it there. But why? What do we learn from it? Why is it there? Simeon is a reminder to me that we need to be patient to see God's plan come to fulfillment. Sometimes we never see it fulfilled. But we trust that maybe our children or our grandchildren or great-grandchildren maybe someday will see God's plan fulfilled. Be patient. Trust that God keeps his promises. I know it can be, I do it all the time, right? You get where that's part of being a human. Um, The impatience, the I want results now. I mean, we've, we live in a world where you, you can get what you want almost instantaneously in any amount of time waiting for something is frustrating. But God doesn't keep time according to to our watches. His plans aren't ours. His thoughts aren't ours. They're his. We don't understand them. We trust them. We try to understand them. He gives us little pieces of it. But it's important to remember that We're not meant to see the whole plan. Trust that he keeps his promise. Trust that the plan will be fulfilled eventually. Be patient. Prophecies will be fulfilled. Trust him. Trust the plan. We're just men and women. We can't understand the mind of God. Simeon had a lot of reasons to give up, right? We can imagine him a really old man every day saying, is today the day I meet the Messiah? Is today the day? Lord, I'm so tired. My back hurts. My knees hurt. My eyes hurt. Is today the day I get to see the king and pass on? God's timing is not our timing. Trust him. Another thing we learn, or I learned anyway, I say we all the time, but what I've learned from reading Simeon and digging deep into it is allow the Holy Spirit in. Scripture says the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Christ. Simeon allowed the Holy Spirit to guide him. He continued to go to the temple every day, The Holy Spirit brought him to that temple at that hour so that God's promise could be fulfilled. And again, we kind of go back to that trust issue again. Allow God to guide us. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Don't fight with him. Give yourself over to him. It's easy to say. It's not always easy to do what God wants us to do. The devil is constantly trying to distract us from the voice of God, a lot of stuff gets in the way. Work, family, hobbies, sickness, a lot of stuff can get in the way. A lot of stuff can try to occupy all the property in your mind so that maybe it's a little easier for us to ignore the Holy Spirit and not follow it. But Simeon teaches us, let the Holy Spirit take over. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And it'll take you places. I really like the story. I, I mentioned earlier it's part of the Christmas story. It's not in anything. I've not in popular Christmas traditions, which could be a whole nother episode. But we've got the scene of the manger and the baby Jesus being born in the manger and the wise men but that's almost usually where the christmas story begins and ends but there's so much more to it like wouldn't it, i just kind of wish Simeon was a little more popular in christmas traditions right just think of it think of a think of an old old man waiting to die believing that one day, one day, he'll get to see this mighty Messiah king ride by on a war horse, the sunlight glistening off his armor. Maybe Simon imagined over all the days he waited that he'd be part of a crowd cheering on some conquering king, maybe catching just a little glimpse of him in the distance. Perhaps that's how he believed God's promise would be kept. God the God told him that he would he would see he would see the Messiah before he died that's it but that's not what God had planned for Simeon his plans are not our plans his will shall be done not our will and think how that promise was fulfilled Simeon like I said in, in that one fantasy of his of watching a A conquering king ride by on his war horse with his bloody sword at his side, everyone cheering. Maybe, maybe you'd get a passing glance at the Messiah as he rode by on his steed. But this? A newborn, helpless little baby boy? Born in a manger, wrapped in rags, born into an impoverished family? God is in control, and Simeon knew it. No disappointment, no doubt, no regrets. Simon knew this baby was the king. The name above all names, what he had been waiting his entire life for. And instead of just being one of a few thousand people in a cheering crowd, getting to look at the Messiah, which would be an incredible thing to be a part of, just that. But Simeon... Because he was so devout, because he was so righteous, he got to hold Jesus in his arms. He held the Christ in his hands. The king of kings in his old tired hands. And then I like to imagine that maybe we've all held a baby and the joy you get from holding a newborn baby and looking into its eyes and maybe it cooed or looked into Simeon's old half blind eyes and in that instant, Simeon knew that his promise was fulfilled. How incredible is that story? How an incredible turn of events for Simeon. What, a, what an end to his life that he got to hold Jesus in his arms. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible story. Oh, wow. Boy, I really enjoyed digging into Simeon and seeing all the stuff I could find. There's, there's plenty of writing about him. Um, you know, you can find anything if you look for it. Uh, just all that again, from less than half a page in the Bible, all that. So people that were following along, we did reference, well, two parts of the same, the story of Simeon itself. If you want to make a note and go back and read it again for yourself, if you didn't have your Bible out, was Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 35 is the story of Simeon. But to understand why Jesus was there at the same time as Simeon, we read Luke 2, 22 through 24. I mean, it's all it's all part of the miraculous story of our Lord and Savior. And that's the story of Simeon. So we're going to keep another tradition from the show going, and we're going to generate a random Bible verse and see what we get. Last week was about uh, drink thy wine, eat thy food. It was I couldn't really think of what it was at the time, but it was kind of bothering me that I didn't have anything. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a Bible scholar or preacher. I'm learning. I'm learning just like a lot of you listening, if anyone's listening. I always feel so pretentious when I say that. If anyone's listening out there, just remember that I'm I'm doing this for my own benefit as, as much as anyone else might get out of it. But I'm learning about it. And that scripture, it kind of bothered me that I didn't have anything to say about it. So I did. Went back and read it. And a lot of what I got out of that last week was maybe... That God, we always talk about the kingdom of heaven and, you know, our earthly home is not our final destination. But God wants us to enjoy the time we have here as well. And I think that's what a big part of that scripture was about enjoying your wine, enjoying your food. We need to enjoy ourselves here. God wants us to be happy. So today's scripture, here we go. I'll hit the magic button here and randomly, okay, this is from Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 again the app on my phone is a King James version app Galatians 3:27 For as many of you as has for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ Well Something does happen when you're baptized, that's for sure. You've given yourself over to Christ. You've died in Christ. You've come alive in Christ. And I think Paul says here in his letter to the Galatians that if you've been baptized into Christ, then you have put on Christ. Hmm. Very cool stuff. Okay, so what else do we got here on the show? A closing prayer is what we're gonna have. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm missing. It still hasn't become totally routine for me to do all this, um, just because it's only the second episode. But if there's anyone that listened to the first one and listened to the second one, I encourage you to, you know, let me know with a little note at the bottom of the episode or something. It'd be great to hear from anyone. And of course, any questions or suggestions would be greatly appreciated. I would love that. And we're going to also keep another tradition that we started last episode where in signing off, instead of me just saying, see you later, take care, God bless, see you next time, I'll try to close with a closing line of from uh, one of the letters that Paul wrote. He wrote his letters quite nicely to have a an opening and an ending and a sweet little goodbye at the end of most of them, so we'll do that. But before we get to that, we'll do our closing prayer for the day heavenly father we thank you for the story of simeon we thank you for the resources to understand what that story means to us what it what we can learn from it we ask for patience as simeon did lord in the things we ask you for we know that your plan is perfect we know that your plan will be fulfilled We ask that you give us the power to trust you, Lord, in all things, even when it seems to our human brains that something doesn't seem quite right. We need to trust the fact that your plan is perfect and your plan will be fulfilled one day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you for listening. That was episode two of the Word podcast, the story of Simeon. And I will leave you all today with Paul's sign-off from First Corinthians. It ends up being chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. The final two lines of First Corinthians. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. May love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen.